0: Welcome to the Dog Nerd Show, where we geek out over our best friends. I'm Megan.
1: And I'm Michael, and this is a show about all things dog.
0: Hey, everybody, we have another exciting episode. Today, we speak with Craig Grossi, who is the author of Craig and Fred, a Marine, a Stray Dog, and How They Rescued Each Other. And Craig has a new book coming out very soon called Second Chances, and we cannot wait Mm -mm. to get our hands on that one as well.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: So I found out about this book through a book club that was started because everything was virtual and people weren't getting together. So Larissa Wall from Hallmark Channel started a virtual book club called Saved by the Book Club, and um, we read books about animals. So we've read some really good ones, including Craig and Fred. And you know, I came to this story because of the dog, but I really fell in love with the people as well. Craig did such a great job with this book.
1: Oh, I agree. Folks, I sat down and read this book in one day. It's a blazing page turner you won't want to put it down. It's just incredible. It really is.
0: Yeah, it's a true story and you can learn a lot. You can be inspired from it and we loved it. So let's jump in and meet Craig and Fred. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I I am just thrilled because I actually got this one to read a book.
1: (laughs) Ah, That's wait a minute i read a lot of books but she whatever
0: he reads he does read a lot like on his kindle and devices but you know i was like okay you gotta you gotta read the book and um, loved it and he read it in a day
1: yeah i I didn't put it down it was great it was really good really good
2: i'm hear that you like the book and yeah i mean that's it, it never it never gets old um you know hearing that we've you're a reader it sounds like but you know from for a lot of times a lot of times we hear from teachers and stuff that will say you know i've got kids that i can't get to sit still for five seconds and i throw this book at them and and you know they're you know i have to make sure they're still there because they're just <laughs> to it. And that's something i could have never anticipated that it's always just incredible to hear so thank you for that it's
0: awesome. well it's a great story and you know it's so funny that um so obviously you know I mean it's called Craig and Fred a Marine a stray dog and how they rescued each other and we see you guys together on the cover but as I'm reading I'm like are yeah. they gonna make it out like yeah <laughs> how are this Fred gonna like what's gonna happen and and yeah. you know I I you know obviously when you read the book you know okay somehow but the story is so great how you tell it and um, the characters you did such a good job of just making all of the characters so interesting. And I, I, you know, you could really feel the personalities in the way that you wrote them. So I, you know, we don't want to give away too much in talking about the book cause we want people to pick it up for themselves. But um, just, wow. I mean, if you guys were not touched by the divine to be together and to, yeah. you know, be a pair then I don't know what, cause that just, you were destined.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's there. There were so and are so many incredible people in, in this story and in our lives still, you know, and, and that that was where I really felt the most kind of duty, you know, in, in terms of the story. Um, if it was just about me and Fred, I think, it, you know, it, I wouldn't have taken it as seriously. It's always it's always easier to write about, you know, somebody else. Um, but when there are people like, like people that i've had in in my life then the the weight comes down pretty hard and i really wanted to to make them come alive um because they're so important to me and they're really important to this story um so that that makes me happy to hear that thank you i'm I'm so glad that they and you can feel the 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 love that i felt and the support that i felt from these incredible people because i never could have pulled off what i what i pulled off with fred without them
0: it was amazing yeah the
1: the story was almost like a caper. It's like, okay, how do we, how do we get, how do we get this, this dog out of here? And and I'm telling you if they, if that, um, shipping company hadn't been there. Well,
0: don't give away too much now. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to, but you know, just so many things fell into place.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like, okay, how do we, how's this going to work out? And it was like, oh, okay, we can do this and this, and then this will happen. And I'm trying not to give too much away, but it was an incredible story. It was yeah, awesome.
2: Yeah, and it's it's pretty funny that, you know, even though you, you can clearly see on the cover Fred and I and you know, it's you know, it's you know he makes it back, but to still uh impart a little bit of the anxiety that I felt to to the readers. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for the for the heart rate, but it
0: that's
2: hard, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm a I'm a softy anyway. I mean, I we'll be watching TV and I'm crying over something. He's like, "What got, are you doing?"
1: Yeah, it'll be like a Kool Aid commercial, and she's <laughs> over there in tears. I'm like, "Like
0: wow, that's what? so sweet."
2: Yeah, you <laughs> never know it's going to creep up there and pull the. Pull your-
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. I rewound something the other day. Cause I was like, look at this man. He just tugs at my heartstrings. I don't know why he just he was, did. He was
1: a guy grouting a floor <laughs> and literally grouting a floor in, in a bathroom. And she's like, he just pulls at my heartstrings. I'm like, I got about 50 of those guys that work for me.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> no, Yeah. I, there's, I have the, I, th- there are people that will just, I'll see them across the street and they'll just tug at my heartstrings and I don't know them. So I'm very empathetic. And so when I'm reading the story, you know, it seriously, you know, you do your, I mean, there are some stories where Fred, I was like, Fred, no, like, that's not what you need to be doing. Right. You know, but you did such a great job of, of conveying that. So well done.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: So, so one of my, my favorite characters and, uh, I kind of could see this guy. It was top. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I, I know that dude, I like, you know, you hear about that guy. And then when you went and visited him, that was, uh, you know, later on, I was like, yeah, that's a guy that's, that's the guy, you know, this, he's a big softy inside, but on the outside. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a, a saying in the, in the Marines that, uh, that holds true, um, you know, for, for a lot of these guys and ho- ho- you know, I, I like to think for myself, but, uh, um, you know, no better friend and no worse enemy, of course, but the, the, the no better friend part is, is really there, you know, and that, that dedication is um, just runs deep in, in these people. And, you know, you you credit the Marine Corps to a certain extent, but I I like to think that top is top, no matter, you know, where he is in life, if he had been a Marine or not, like that guy, that's, that's him, that that the Marine Corps brought out, you know, certainly the best of him and put him in situations where he could, really shine but but that's just a special human right there regardless of of his you know his branch or or whatever yeah yeah
0: Yeah. he he was one of my favorites too i mean he just so many good stories and and you know i think i told you on the book club that we had that you know i'm here for the dogs right like you know it's like it's all about the dogs for for me but i i fell in love with the people and so and you know as somebody i write um so I get to make up characters so I don't have to you know I don't have to get anything right other than what I feel so that must be a real challenge to actually write these people in a way that you're you know honoring them and that's got to be pretty heavy
2: yeah well yeah it puts it it I, I, I like that I like that pressure I like feeling that that duty um it kind of it, it motivates me to get it right um you know, and, and I, but I am envious and in, in interested in, in fiction that, I mean, cause it, it's sure you're not beholden to, you know, a person and what they're going to, their impression of how you portray them, but you do have to build, build somebody from essentially, you know, your own experiences or your own creativity. And that's, that's a pretty incredible thing too. So, so, you know, I'm hats off to you for, for being able to do that. That's really great.
0: Oh, well, we'll chat sometime. You can do it too. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. Um, um,
2: to do that someday.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so, uh, how is Fred adjusting? Cause Fred is, was a, a, a dog that was in the desert. How's he adjusting to the woods of Maine?
2: Oh, man. You know what's funny? I was just looking at him this morning and I was, and I just start every time I look at him, I mean, I just, my, it feeds my soul. But then today, today I just found another kind of funny thing about him that I've noticed. Um, he's sleeping very com- comfortably on the floor. So I don't want to wake him up but, no,
0: don't! <laughs>
2: uh, up on the couch. I'll show you his, he didn't used to have this when we lived in DC and we lived in the South. Um, he's getting like his, the fur is growing through his pads and his, and his paws. And I think, you know, we've been in Maine like three ish, almost four years now. And mm-hmm. I think is, he's just that adaptable to his environment. And every, every winter he gets a he's always gotten like a winter top coat mm-hmm. that comes in when, he, when the temperature starts to drop. But every winter we've been in Maine, it gets a little thicker and a little darker <laughs> and you can tell when it's coming in. Cause he gets these little freckles all over him. And that's, those go away in the summer when it's hot, that'll all be gone. He'll just be, he'll just be mostly white with these big black or these big Brown patches. But then in the, in the colder months, this top coat comes in. So as far as like physically, it's just amazing to see, how his body has adapted to to our new environment and then and he and everything else i mean he just loves it up here because he can just go all day even in the summer when it's hot, like hot for maine you know that doesn't slow him down at all whereas you know when we lived in dc those summer days can you know they'll, they'll melt the sidewalk so it, you know he you know we couldn't be outside all day but up here you know we when the when it's cold or or hot. He just wants to be outside.
0: Now, does it get pretty cold in Afghanistan in the winter months and in the evenings?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I I don't really know if he ever had that though, because (laughs) if, if my estimates are, you know, correct. And, you know, just based on how old he was and and the fact that he had all of his adult teeth when I found him, that would put him, you know, at, I don't know, like at the oldest 10 months. So and I found him in October of, of, uh, of 20, 2010. So maybe he, he had like that, you know, the end of winter there, Yeah, um, he was a little pup, but, uh, he didn't really have to survive like a whole kind of cold. It gets real cold at night and it's real rainy in the Sangin Valley where I found him. Um, there were days where we just, I mean, it was, it made me appreciate all the more like the, the veterans who served in um, in the Pacific theater and in Vietnam. and I mean, just the that had to survive in the jungle because we got a little taste of that in Afghanistan and, the, and around this time in, in, um, in February and March, when it was the kind of the rainy season and you're living in mud and when it rains, it, every, when you're living in things that are made of dirt and it rains, everything just turns to mud. Mm-hmm. You know, this that kind of feeling where it goes for weeks and you just can't get dry. Um, you just kind of get used to always being, being kind of damp. Um, but meanwhile, when I was going through that, Fred was, Fred was home with my dad. Time, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, He's just chilling back in the uh, suburbs, like, okay, this is good. <laughs> right. So, um, so one thing that I did not know, and it, it makes sense. It's, I mean, you know, you hate to hear it, but getting caught with the dog, is not what you want to have happen in the military because they don't want you guys to be put at risk by having a dog. And then, you know, what do you do with a dog? I mean, you know, cause people will get to know Fred, but if, if it were one of our dogs, they would have totally blown our cover. And, you know, <laughs> so, so if, if, if you, so what you did was against the rules and it could have meant that Fred was euthanized, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And since then, since 2010, um, I've heard from people, you know, with firsthand experience that, um, you know, they've, they've relaxed, the rules are still there. But there are more ways to get around them. Now, there's there's nonprofits like uh, puppy rescue mission, which we advocate for a lot. Um, And they, they weren't around to the degree that they that they are now um they didn't have the network set up for for everything that they do now back in 2010 when i found fred and, and um so that's why i had to jump through so many hoops where now you have puppy rescue mission and there's some other ones but puppy rescue mission um you know is the one that I, I really worked most closely with and advocated for and so if you're in a situation like mine you can get in touch with them and they have volunteers all over the world um and they will actually take the dog and, and take ownership of the dog so it's out of your hands okay so, um you know the, your your chain of command can't get upset with you and then they have a network of, of volunteers all over the world who will help just kind of ferry the the dog home or, or to wherever you're you know you're going next That's um a- it's it's you know it, the the rules are 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 there for a reason you know it's it's a, it is a, a health concern it is a you know um kind of a safety concern. You don't want people getting distracted when they're doing the kind of work that, that we were, but you know, there's, there's an exception, you know, and there's always the, the benefit I kind of out, in my opinion, it often outweighs the risks when you talk about morale and you talk about, you know, just the, the connection that you have uh, with dogs when you're so far from home, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing.
0: Yeah. It really seemed like everybody benefited so much from having Fred around.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we we did. We still do.
1: (laughs) So how bad is the stray dog problem there? Is it, is it a problem? Is it?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think it depends on who you ask. I, I mean, it wasn't a problem for us. I think where it becomes a problem is uh, in the larger cities like in Kabul, which I never went, I never really went to Kabul. Um, I saw the airport that was about it just, uh, and uh, you know, some of the larger bases, um, you know, where you have just a lot of food and a lot of people and a lot of, you know, just a a high kind of traffic environment. I feel like maybe they could be more of of, of a pest there, but Sangin and Helmand province at large is just very rural, very wide open. Um, you know, the people are, are unfortunately just incredibly poor um, and and poor in terms of just their possessions and their, their resources, but not of their, their spirit. They're some of the most incredible people I've ever met. Um, But uh, you know, they, they have so little that I think the dogs aren't doing very well either. You know, they, they're living off of the scraps of people who don't have enough themselves. So right. um, I think when you see a problem, I think that I hear a lot of bad things about the there's in Kuwait and in Iraq. Um, you know, there's I think they have more of a problem with the dogs, um, just because there's so much of a higher density of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the dogs kind of flock to that, and then they they have puppies and it just just kind of builds and builds and builds and they become kind of a of a pest. So that's unfortunate and um puppy rescue mission and lots of, there's lots of nonprofits that, that are trying to, to, you know, um, neuter and and spade and and kind of control that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they've got enough other problems that that's probably not their priority in, in some cases.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's fascinating though, is I talked to one volunteer from puppy rescue mission and, um, you know, her, her argument because i think that's one of the things that they hear about is like oh it's low on the priority list it's low on the priority list and it's easy to write off but you really think about it and this is how she kind of advocates for her work with animals dogs and she actually works on behalf of donkeys too in afghanistan because the donkeys are working animals and the people don't understand you know because they haven't been educated how to take care of the donkeys, so they, they just work them into the ground mm-hmm. It, more donkeys but if they can be taught how to take care of the donkey and they they and like they're interested in learning they actually are she says then it's better for the people and it's better for the donkeys
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the same can be said for dogs like if you just have a little bit of knowledge about you know hey if we vaccinate the dogs or if we take care of the dogs if we spay and neuter the dogs like you can actually have a population of dogs that's beneficial you know to to your town or to your you know your village or whatever and so it's they do go hand in hand. It's just gonna be difficult to get that through to yeah. the, the decision makers.
0: Well, that's—I mean—we have that problem here too. You know, I mean, yeah. spaying and neutering—if we could just do that—wow, oh, we could save a lot of lives.
2: Yeah. So, over there and, and Bob Barker and just have a—you know—I know, have a <laughs> yeah. I know—we
0: yeah. know, all grew up with that. But it's like, man, that man knew what he was talking about. And if everyone just had—if we would have oh. just listened,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so. Tell so, so obviously this this book is your first book and you have a kids version of it as well, yeah. and it's just an amazing story. It's amazing characters. Um, I think it's really inspiring for anyone. I mean, I think everyone can get something out of it. Um, I, I'm very interested to hear about your next book, which oh, is maybe. coming out very soon, because uh, we actually have a jail dogs program in Gwinnett County here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's specifically for, um, raising dogs for veterans because these are, um, shelter dogs that the inmates, mm-hmm. you know, ra- train up and so they can get adopted, but tell us about second chances and how that came about.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, well, yeah, that's, you know, I'm really, really proud of, 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 my, of Craig and Fred and, and, um, uh, uh, I'm incredibly proud of, of, uh, kind of our next chapter and, and you don't have second chances, um, stands on its own. that was important to me. It's not necessarily a sequel to Craig and Fred. If you read Craig and Fred and have read and read second chances, you'll have a greater appreciation for the overall journey that Fred has, Fred and I have been on since we've been together. Um, but it's, it's, you don't, it's not completely necessary. It stands on its own as a book. Um, and it really, uh, you know, just it's kind of more of a testament to this, this amazing dog and how he's just kind of, I've just held the leash and he's led me into some incredible situations with even more incredible people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was, it came about after doing a radio show here in Maine for our local uh, public radio. Um, the host offered to connect me to the warden of Maine state prison and she said a couple of things about him. She said, his name is Randy Liberty, which was like, whoa. That's <laughs> he's an Iraq war veteran and he's doing some incredible things up there at the prison. And I know he would love to meet you. Um, and so I said, okay, yeah, you know, connect us, whatever. And, and the cynical kind of, I lived in DC for a long time and it's, it's, there's, you know, a lot of lip service paid around there and, and a lot of empty promises. And so I was like, yeah, maybe I'll hear from her. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Um, and I got by the time I got home from that interview at the at the radio station, I already had an email from Randy. Um, you know after after the initial interview. Oh, we
0: we got you frozen again. Oh, sorry. Okay, so you got home and you got the email from Randy.
2: Yeah, I, I got an email from Randy, and the next week I went up there with Fred and and uh, the book the prison book club had read the book, and Fred and I went up there and we spent a little time with the staff talking to the staff and kind of telling us the story of Fred to the staff. And then he took me back. Randy took me back behind the, behind the wall. Is kind of what they say and, and to meet the, the men. And um, he, there's a whole cell block. They call it a pod. So they had a whole pod in, in main state prison. That's just for, for veterans. Okay. And uh, he brought me back there with Fred and, and I spent some time with the men of, of the book club and of the veterans pod. And I met a couple of the, the dogs that they had, um, going through training there. And, and, you know, it was just an incredible day where I had to kind of like step back again and again and remind myself that I was in a prison, you know, and like, it, cause it, it didn't feel like it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I just felt so comfortable with, with these men and, and, and with Randy. And I left, I left that day with just this, a real sense of, of duty um, and, and a real kind of, just a feeling in my gut that there was more there for us. And I immediately just followed up with Randy. I was like, I want to come back. I don't, you know, I, I want to be, I want to bug you, you know, I just want to be around. And so I just, anytime I was, anytime we were off the road, we were doing a lot of traveling for speaking speaking engagements and book stuff with, with Craig and Fred. And, and uh, anytime I came home to Maine, the first thing I would do is shoot up to, to Maine state prison and just spend time in the veterans pod with these guys. Wow. And, um, it just it just goes from there.
1: It's a great story. You know, second second chances are there's there's two second chances there, right? You know, second chance for the dogs and second chance for the for the for the guys, you know.
0: Well, these dogs are aren't these dogs being raised as from puppies for um service yeah. dogs?
2: Yeah, yeah, so these so they actually do have a program in Maine State Prison um like sounds like the one like similar to the one they they have Mm -hmm. in georgia um where they have shelter dogs that are essentially they're kind of fostered by yeah and kind of you know they train them in basic leash obedience and stuff like that um but then the the, specifically the america's vet dogs program those dogs are 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 purebred labradors they're like you know just kind really um selective about the dogs that that go into that that role because they this they just have to be um so trainable and so so kind of reliable um so i guess technically they're you know they're not they're not technically getting a second chance like that's what they're born for yeah um, but but their impact and the the what i saw the dogs as um when i started to write and when i started to spend my time there i saw the dogs as this vessel and to, to really explore their impact and and the positive impact of something in an otherwise pretty negative place. Mm -hmm. And I really was fascinated and interested to see that, to kind of track that ripple effect of good that would be going, you know, via these dogs. Um, And I hope that comes through on the page.
0: Well, I love what you have on your website, which is we're always quick to give second chances to celebrities and politicians and all these people who screw up. And, you know, I'll admit I'm generally someone like, I don't want to go to a jail, you know, like I, 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 it, it scares me to think of, but I, you know, you got me thinking and, you know, it was kind of running through my head and I was like, you know, we're all human beings and, you know, is there pure evil? Yes, there is, you know, is there, mental health issues yes there are um but then there's people that just make a mistake and you know who hasn't made a mistake and you know we are supposed to be forgiving and and you know what what are we you know we could this could go into a whole long conversation about the prison system and the, the, (laughs) the money making behind it and everything like that but how wonderful that you know these guys are getting this opportunity and and you know and like in these other jail programs too like I think we all know, you know, anyone who loves and has dogs knows what an impact they can be on our lives. And I do think ours have made us better people. Uh, You can just imagine what that does for people who are isolated and kind of cast aside, you know, as you're, you're a problem. So you're, you're, (laughs) you're banished.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's, you know, and and it is, it is obviously a complicated issue, um, you know, that, that, You could write hundreds of books about and still not come away with you know a a real definitive solution um what i hope to to kind of approach with with second chances is something that we can all do which is is kind of shift our perspective you know and 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 that's exactly what you're talking about you know just this idea of of kind of changing our the the image we have of people in the system um you know and, and see them as as redeemable you know because the vast 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 majority of them are and they're screaming for it and they're very very worthy of it um you know of course there are people who are just you know, are so traumatized and are so you know kind of demented that they are are you know will always kind of be a, a harm to themselves or others and and but they are a fraction of of the percentage of people in our system and and we're doing them and ourselves ultimately a disservice to cast them aside and just continue to put up you know boundaries in front of them once they've done their time. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the idea of prison is you go and you serve your time that you're sentenced, and then you're supposed to kind of be done being punished. That's your punishment. You know, and it's it's adequate. You know, I mean, it, it it's it's adequate. It's it's we don't really fully understand the the mental kind of trauma and the the challenges that you put place on someone when you send them away, um, and that's enough to try to come over to try to overcome afterwards and and so i think you know what we can do as a, as a society if you if you can't really advocate and get involved you know you can at least kind of change your perspective on, on how you see people who have done time um you know and, and because we are we're so quick to give you know a second chance you know to to people that you know we you know are in our our upper echelon of you know society whether it's politics or entertainment or sports you know and and, but when it comes to people who have actually served sentences, you know, like for for things that these people are getting, you know, uh, getting away with, essentially, you know, we, we're we're so quick to cast them aside, and that's that's a that's a real shame.
1: Yeah, that's what I was I, I was you said it better than I could, but that's what I was going to say. You know, some of these people, you know, that are in, we'll say, the hierarchy of our society, they get away with stuff that <laughs> yeah. they really should. Be in jail for?
0: Yeah, they never even get to the punishment phase. <laughs> I mean,
1: you're you're from D.C. Yeah, yeah you, you get it. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're right. And in, in, you know, a little background about me is, is as I work, you know, I I manage a construction division. You know, a lot of those guys have been there, and mm-hmm. uh, nobody would give them a chance. But when you get to know them, you you know, they they made that mistake. Maybe they were young when they did it or they were desperate or we don't know what the circumstances are, but,
2: you know,
1: they, they, they do come out. A lot of them come out better for it. Mm -hmm. They're just looking for somebody to give them a chance, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think kudos to that warden, because I think he, he gets it, you know, he's like, you know, these guys are going to be here. It's an opportunity to help them and then help others outside, you know, and I think that's that's a fantastic. And I can't wait to read the book.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I, yeah, I'm, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to get out there.
0: I didn't realize that there was enough of a veteran population to have a pod of veteran. you know, like that. That to me was like, wow. And, and
1: cool. Yeah, in Maine, of all places, you have a whole pod in Maine. Can you imagine, you know, Missouri or Georgia or Florida?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I hope to just get get out you know Randy is is a visionary um, and uh, he served as in Iraq he served as a as a um, as an army army um, infantry officer and he served as uh, a, a sheriff's deputy and then he was the sheriff of his county and then the the warden at Maine State Prison and now he's the state commissioner for the whole state of the, of Corrections so he's yeah. in charge of all the correctional facilities in the state of Maine now um and so you know it's it's someone like that that i'm really excited he's like my like if you read Craig and fred and you're familiar with top like randy is kind of like top you know and, and i want to portray him and kind of get the work and the the person that he is kind of out there in the world because he's so busy he's not he doesn't have time to write about himself he's just mm-hmm. so busy, doing incredible things that you know this is somebody that i'm really really excited to share with with the world
0: and that's nice to hear that he's keeps moving up because that's the kind of people we want in those positions.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, um, with your experiences, did Fred always go to the jail with you, or did just that first time?
2: He came as often as as he could. So, because um, and that that's something I've gotten used to is anytime I show up anywhere without Fred, <laughs> I hear about it, and are uh, always kind of disappointed I, I mean I most of the time people don't even recognize me if I don't have Fred with me wow. um, and so you know I would bring him and it's always just more fun to have Fred around and, and he loved going up there but there were times where I wasn't able to bring him because part of what I started to do was uh, I would go in the mornings when they had their puppy training classes and I would just kind of be a fly on the wall and I would kind of monitor the progress of the puppies and the, and the men you know in their training kind of journey and so I, I couldn't bring Fred to that because he is not as disciplined as, um, as some of these dogs and he would have made training, uh, a little challenging. So on the days when I was going up in the mornings, um, for, for that program, uh, I wouldn't bring him, but, um, whenever, whenever I could, I, I, I did.
0: That's cool. That's cool. It's, it, I think it's a, a, a real, just a, like a journey in and of itself to see what What can I, what one dog can do for one person, you know, and to see, I'm sure for you to see it happen to multiple people and just, you know, it gives, it's got to give those guys a confidence to be able to train these animals and a purpose, you know, that they know that these dogs are going to serve, you know, another veteran. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's a, what I really grew to appreciate was the work It's so much work. And takes so much patience, um, and, and just a real immersive kind of kind of work that you would not necessarily associate with the people in prison, you know. And and uh, it's a really you know inc- it was an incredible thing for me to witness. And and uh, um, yeah, and, and those dogs go on to impact the people that they receive, and all the people in that veteran's orbit, you know. Like the, think about the the family and the the friends and the the community that you know, is now going to get their veteran, you know, back kind of, you know, in terms of what they've been dealing with, they now have a tool to kind of re-enter their, their community in in the form of a dog. It's an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think it, you know, I think from what I was reading and Craig and Fred, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I got the impression that it really helped you guys have conversations with other people, you know, which was, you know, because people are Maybe not going to come up to you in the bar in Texas if you don't have Fred with you, you know, but then you've got you've got this opening, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, what kind of dog is that?" And you know off you go
2: you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about that and, and for me it was it, it started kind of unassumingly because he's Fred is just so unique and handsome, uh, you know and I, yeah, I would be walking him around d c when we lived in d c and people would like it was like every block, somebody would be like, "What kind of dog is that?" You know, and, and at first, for the first year or so, I would, I would you know, just make up a breed, you know, and, and kind of get out of the conversation as quick as I could. But little by little, I started to open up and say, actually, you know, uh, I got him in Afghanistan. I found him in this village and these are the people that I was there with. And and, I, and these poor, a lot of times I feel like I was making people late for stuff, <laughs> a 30 second question and they're getting a 30 minute answer. You know, but the more I kind of opened up and started to tell the story at people at the dog park that I saw every day, the more I realized, you know, that they liked to hear it, and I really liked to tell it, and that I remembered more when I told it again and again. And and I started to appreciate my own experiences a little more, and and, um, it really kind of started to stir something in me that that has led to to what I'm doing now, which is an amazing thing.
0: Well, I still think it would be really cool. He talked about this on the book club. If they all, cause you have, is it your wife or your girlfriend? My fiance. Fiance. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and she has a dog. So I would love to see you guys take like a summer road trip. And I'm sure there is like a, you know, a RV company that would sponsor you. So yeah. let's just throw it out into the universe. But to to see you guys go visit the national parks and You know, I, I I was, I told him, I'm like, my marketing brain is going, I could see patches with, you know, Fred from all the national parks, but that would be a really cool, like travel blog kind of a thing. So maybe, maybe somewhere in your future.
2: I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, for, for, for book three, I'm already kind of, my brain is already working overtime and, uh, I'm thinking for book three. We do actually have, um, the RV kind of question has been taken care of because, um, there's a, I'm a big truck guy. I love my truck. This is my land cruiser from the, I bar. was going
1: to ask about that. I was going to, uh, yeah.
2: It's <laughs> an incredible piece of art that I can tell you about in a second, but um, the, I have a camper now on the back of my Toyota Tacoma. That was, uh, you know, it was, um, I got a big break on the price of it from a, a company called four wheel campers based mm-hmm. out of California. And they're awesome. Yeah. Um, we're, we're equipped. We got the gear you know, we just need the, you know, the the rest of the things to, to fall into place. And I would love to do another book, um, you know, kind of about uh, you know, our travels and 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 more of the of the people, you know, really focus on engaging with people from all over the country and uh and try to really bring the country together. Um, you know, again, because it, it it breaks my heart how divided we've become. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one thing that, you know, as we're talking and you're talking about encountering people on the street and everything is that We all, I mean, you know, we all have more in common than we don't. And we're all just trying to get through life and, you know, support our families and be happy, you know, and speaking of being happy, that one is like, it's dinner time. (laughs) So I'm sorry.
2: They have watches.
0: Yeah. Oh, they know. Um, But yeah, that, I mean, that, that would be a beautiful story because I think there's just, there's so many wonderful people in this world and I think we're all more alike than we're made to believe sometimes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely just, it's a lot easier to to remind people of, of our divisions, you know, and that's kind of what's become the trend is to instantly kind of assume the worst about your neighbor. And that's, that is uh, to me, that's, that's not what America is all about, you know, and, and we are an optimistic, country. We are an innovative country. We are a progressive country, you know, and, and, um, you know, we want to see each other succeed. And, you know, I feel like we're ready to hear more of, of a uniting kind of, kind of tone. And and those stories are, are out there. And, and Fred and I are, are, I think, are the ones to, to bring them. So that's, that's what we're hoping for, for the next, the next thing. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of, of what we've done so far. and really excited for, second chances to to get out there.
0: And when awesome. does it come out?
2: April 13th.
0: April 13th. April 13th. So Can't wait. We will be we will be lining up to get it and uh maybe we'll maybe you'll come to Georgia or we'll cross paths and
2: we're actually we'll be in Georgia in October.
0: Nice. Oh great. It's a great time to be in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Don't <laughs> come in July.
2: <laughs> we were there last last October too. We um we do a lot of speaking at, at colleges now, which is an incredible thing. That's um where this piece of art came from. Um it's it's huge and it's it's actually all wood carvings. Wow each piece, each piece really? one, it's a, this is a canvas, but each one of them is a is a, a carving done with a little, you know, just a little kind of etcher. Yeah, Uh, a specific student that read the book and then did a piece.
1: That's fantastic.
2: How they were, you know, an impression that they was left with them by the book. And it's it's this big mosaic that they presented to to us at a a college in Florida last year. And um, and it's yeah, it was the very when we moved into our new home. This is the first thing that went.
0: That that is incredible. What college was it?
2: It was uh, the uh, uh, Florida State College in Jacksonville.
0: Nice. Well, please thank Fred for joining us. He's yeah. looks so comfy. He just yeah. looks.
2: He loves this couch.
0: <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll come back.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'll, right, I'll yeah. make an
0: appearance. <laughs> he, you know, I, I can't recommend your book enough. It is, you know, you don't have to like, you don't have to like dogs. Um, you just have to like good storytelling and the fact that it's a true story. It's inspiring. What's your, what's your, um, your kind of catchphrase about being optimistic?
2: Yeah, we, I call it stubborn positivity.
0: That's it. Stubborn yeah. positivity. Yeah. I like that. It, that, is, that encapsulates this book perfectly because wow. it would not have happened if you were not so stubbornly positive. So thank you so much for your time. And, yeah. you know, we cannot wait for second chances. We know it's going to be just as enjoyable. And I think we'll learn a lot, too.
1: Yeah. so are you on any social media or anything you want to shout out to people Thanks
2: for reminding me i'm always awful at putting that stuff but yeah our fred's instagram is fred the afghan our facebook is fred the afghan twitter same thing fred the afghan and our website is FredtheAfghan.com. Um, we sell uh, really awesome hats and t-shirts and dog harnesses collars and niches all kind of designed around fred and story and we donate uh, a portion every month. We select a different nonprofit or rescue or both um, to to kind of donate to um, every month. That uh, based off of what we sell from our our store. Right. So,
0: I think we like Craig and Fred even more now that we've met them over uh, video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just um, such an interesting person with so uh, such a great objective for his life. You know, you can really tell that he has a servant's heart and that he wants to do good in this world.
1: Yeah. I've said it before about people. You can tell when someone has the it factor. And I think Craig has, he, he has that in, in spades. I mean, just an incredible person and the adventures he's been on and the way he's able to convey them to the reader. It's just incredible.
0: And his positivity, you know, just so optimistic. Um, So I do want to shout out a couple of things that were mentioned in the interview. So PuppyRescueMission.org sounds like an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. Now, Craig was saying that that organization does exist to help these animals all over the world that people that they find in combat zones and stuff like that. So they don't have to go through yeah. all of the crazy stuff that Craig did. Um, I, I I read about them. I think I would love to do an interview with them because sure. their mission is amazing. So puppy mission.org, make sure you guys check that out. Um, so second chances, a Marine, his dog and finding redemption is out April 13th, 2021. You can actually... Put
1: that on your calendar, folks. You're (laughs) gonna want that.
0: Mark your calendars, but you can actually pre-order it now. So you can just do a quick search, go online and find out. But like Craig said, uh, fredtheafghan.com, you can go there. You can buy some swag t-shirts Um, all kinds of cool stuff, hats, and you can learn more about the book. But yeah, you can order it now. So that is super exciting. And I just want to say... If you've read this book, let us know in the comments. But also, if you haven't written a review, write a review um, of Craig and Fred. And of course, same with Second Chances when it comes out. Exactly. um, As an author, those reviews are like gold to us. And I know it would mean the world to Craig and Fred if you wrote a review, if you enjoyed Craig and Fred. And um, I do want to say that for the book club, you can actually join this virtual book club. So if you go oh. to larissawall.com, that's L A R I S S A W O H L.com, anyone can join our virtual book club.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. You just have to like animals <laughs> and books.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. At least one of those things, I, I would assume. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, this was an incredible um, interview. I I really enjoyed it. I always love hearing from our guys that served, and a uh, big thank you uh, to all you out there. Uh, thank you for your service, and uh, what, a, what a great story. Pick the book up. You're not going to regret it. You're going to read it in one day. I can almost guarantee that.
0: Oh, and let's not forget, I know we mentioned it in the interview, but... Craig and Fred has a kids version. So oh, yeah, that's right. make sure if you you know if you've got a kid that maybe is a reluctant reader, because Craig was saying the feedback that he's gotten is even kids that don't like to read, like they get so engrossed in this book. So there is a kids version, so check that out as well. But yeah, I mean we we thank everybody who serves our country and love that Craig is still continuing to do that and continues to make a difference. So we hope this inspires you. We hope that you can feel the passion and optimism coming from Craig and Fred. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you do have to head over to our YouTube channel because we can see a little bit of Fred. He was sleepy, but you you can get some glimpses of his beauty. Yeah.
1: And as always, thank you for tuning in and watching. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate your comments. Yes. Uh, we look forward to them. We try to interact as much as possible. Uh, we ask you if, you, if you don't mind, if you will hit that little subscribe button and the notif- notification bell, we put these out bi-monthly. So that means two times a month.
0: Every other week.
1: Yep. And we uh, we really enjoy doing them. And hopefully you get something out of them. Because we enjoy doing them,
0: we love doing it, and we love interacting with you. Thank you for the comments. You know, we have a lot of Patterdale fans out there who are commenting, which is super cool, and a lot of Rat Terrier fans. So it's interesting to see who gets the comments. And I, I mean, we just love hearing about your dogs, your experiences, and uh, don't forget to hit that little thumbs up and like this video as well. Um, as always, you guys can catch us online everywhere at Dog Nerd Show. Dognerdshow.com and drop us a line dognerdshow at gmail.com if you would like to talk to us about your breed, your rescue group, or anything dog related.
1: Well, until next time, folks, Bye-bye.
0: bye bye. Bye.